make a decision. This is what I want. This is what I'll have. And then put in the work to get there. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. 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 Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series, and I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today we are joined by an amazing woman. I know her personally. She is equal parts warm tea and Hennessy. She's a strategist, author, and founder. She's also the principal for 360 Gateway Brands and RGLP Group LLC. And through transformative remote learning and development programs, she helps executives and professionals build authentic growth-focused connections through the power of relationships. She's the author of the award-winning book, Eating Elephants and the Relationship Game. She is the recipient of the Woman of Power Award presented by Bank of America and NABA NYC. And I can actually really attest to the fact that she is a woman of substance and perseverance, so much so that you may have remembered that she gave us a lot of game on episode number 132, which was CEO Talks, where we discussed dynamic partnerships and the formula for picking your inner circle. So beautiful people, I want y'all to welcome Miss Alicia Reese. Alicia, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey, Create Your Life family. How are y'all? Oh, you know, we're doing good. I'm super excited. I know the listeners are super excited to hear from you again. I know it's been a while. I've been trying to get you back on the show, but, um, you know, it's, it's good for you to be booked and busy. Oh, yeah, definitely that. <laughs> Even in this whole <laughs> pandemic. So super grateful for that. So, Alicia, I want to jump right in and Create Your Life family. If you hear me call her A. Reese, that's because we got that personal report where I can abbreviate her name. Alicia. You grew up in Florida. You know, where exactly did you grow up out there and what was your experience like growing up? So I grew up in Sarasota, Florida. It's about an hour south of Tampa, two hours away from Orlando. And honestly, I hated every part of it. <laughs> um, I did not have the best childhood. Um, we were we were pretty impoverished, but my mother had enough foresight and enough wisdom to barter cleaning services so that my siblings and I could be private school educated. But then of course there are always challenges with that because being the poor kids, when you have families who either are affluent or have money for the small things like lunch every day, mm -hmm. um, it can be really, really challenging. So it was um, a, a dichotomous type of situation growing up. So for me, I hated it. I'm grateful mm. now for the experiences, but I, I hated every part of my childhood. Mm. Interesting. We we share that in common. Uh, definitely hated every part of mine growing up in foster care in Cali. But um, you experienced some challenges early on, obviously. What were your driving forces for you to persevere and continue to grow and ultimately make it out of that? For me, I'm a firm believer in get a really good idea in your head of what you want things to look like. Mm -hmm. For so many people, they feel like, well, and my, my aunt told me the same thing. You know, you were born poor, you're going to live poor, you're going to die poor. That's just what 
will be your experience. And when she told me that when I was a kid, I, even then, I was told in my head, not her, because, you know, you have to respect um, your, your, your elders. Um, but in my head, I said, no, nah, that don't really work for me. Just because I was born into a certain situation does not mean that I have to accept that and make that what it is for the rest of my life. So for me, very, very early on, I made a decision that just because this is what it looks like now, it does not mean that it has to look like that for life. So just there's a song um, by Kanye West, the old Kanye, not the new one, but Mm -hmm. the old Kanye. And there's a line in the song that says, before I had it, I used to close my eyes and imagine. And so what I would do is is I would go on these really, really dope um, trips in my head where it was kind of like an elevator. And for me, I made it like a merry-go-round where each level up showed what each level of my life would look like. Mm -hmm. It sounds complicated, but it's really not. If you can imagine, you can do it too. And I would just take a look at, okay, this is what I want college to look like for me. This is what I want, you know, marriage to look like, or this is what I want my overall life to look like. Mm -hmm. And I would just imagine what that looked like. And then as, of course, I matured, I started only accepting the vision that I had for my life. Every time I accepted less than what my vision was in my head, I found myself losing. So for me, it was just staying focused on, okay, what do I ultimately want? Make a decision. Most people never do. Make a decision. This is what I want. This is what I'll have. And then put in the work to get there. Love that. And you know, what's funny is, you know, you're talking about vision. You talked about, you know, seeing things. Something that I love about you and that I get to see whenever you post on Instagram or anything, I always think about your mini me, your daughter, Sanaya. And I feel like she is getting a world-class education in how to be a boss and how to navigate the world, right? From somebody who's done it. And so... She's so talented. You know what I mean? I see your videos of you guys going trapezing. You know, she's in, you know, in the islands with you at these conferences. So I'm just curious, what are like three keys that you make sure that she to teach her? So while she's traveling the world and as you conduct business and influence the masses to make sure that she becomes the best person possible to have those, you know, levels and merry-go-round of dreams kind of similar to how you did. So for me, I always help her to understand that you really are, you are the author of your story. Nobody else gets to create it. And no, you cannot control what happens outside of you, but what you can control is how you respond to it and mentally um, what what you will allow in your mind. My -hmm. sister and I, who's my business partner, we have gotten so good at manifestation, we won't even say certain things because we know it'll happen. And so for my daughter, we teach her the same thing. Be very, very careful of what you say, of how you're saying things, because death and life truly is in the power of your tongue. I don't care if you don't believe in religion or anything like that. This has nothing to do with that. This has everything to do with the understanding of the intense and immense power that you have with your voice, with the words, with your thoughts that you create. So there are certain things we won't allow ourselves to think on for too long because we understand how much control we have over our universe. And so with my daughter, and it is crazy. Some people are like, oh, you know, it's too much for her. It's this, it's that. And I'm like, that's cool. You get to do whatever you want with your child. But with Mm -hmm. mine, I know what I'm looking to create and build in her. And I'm very intentionally raising her. 
I'm not just letting it happen or hoping for the best. I don't hope and pray when I know I can intentionally put in work and direct and instruct and correct things. Mm -hmm. I don't need hopes and prayers when I know I can actually take um, preventative or intentional action to create and build what I want. And so for her, in her life, I don't allow her to do that. When she says, oh, well, mommy, you know, I really wish I had X, Y, Z. I say, okay, well, go create it. Go Mm -hmm. build it. Well, mommy, I really want to buy this or, oh, can you go on Amazon and get this for me? No, but what I can do is go on Amazon and buy you, you know, something that you can make the money for yourself. No, Mm -hmm. I'm not just giving you things or getting you things because A, yes, you can absolutely manifest so much into your universe, but I don't want you to just be a consumer. I need you to also have a very clear understanding of how to also be a producer. This Mm -hmm. is how you produce. This is how you generate and create. So with us, it's just a consistent, you know, creation lessons. This is how you create. This is how Mm -hmm. you build. This is what you do when you know you want your life to look a certain way. These are the types of actions that you put in place for those. Mm, I love that. You're giving her that, that empowerment essentially to create her life, right? Which is what you've done. And not just empowerment, because mm-hmm. that's something that people get real confused about. Mm-hmm. And when people say, oh, you're an empowerment speaker, no disrespect to those who are. But for me, it's a negative. I'm not an empowerment speaker. I don't just gas you up and let you go on your way. Right. Uh-uh. <laughs> what I do for my daughter is I equip her. So mm. yes, she gets empowered with the, okay, this, this can happen, but beyond, well beyond empowerment is, is to be able to equip her because you don't mm. want to just empower people because it's like giving somebody a Bentley with all the gas in the world and right. even the keys, but telling them you're in Florida. I need you to get to Atlanta, but right. giving them no map, no GPS and taking all the road signs down. You may (laughs) eventually get there, but it's going to take you so much longer and be so much harder. I don't do empowerment, but I absolutely do equipping folks. Okay. I love that. She doesn't do empowerment. She does equipping. Okay. So as a person who has achieved a lot, do you feel like you are where you want to be? And, you know, if so, you know, what was the biggest factor to getting you here? And if not, what shift do you feel like you need to make in order to get to that level? Oh, I'm absolutely not there yet. I'm just getting started. For me, in order to get there, and I think it's what a lot of businesses are missing when they're first getting started out, mm-hmm. um, and even brands are missing when they're first getting started out, is systems. Systems and teams, mm-hmm. and in that order. Mm-hmm. So for me, in order to get to the next level or next phase, of the vision that I see for myself um, personally, professionally, will be to solidify the systems, whether it's platforms, whether it's processes, um, what, solidifying those systems, because then it makes it duplicable. You can, you know, you can duplicate it over and over and over and over again. Um, it's solidifying those systems and then ensuring I have a, 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 an extremely powerful team. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that would take me to the next level because then it frees me to be able to go out and build the relationships that I need to build. It frees me to then be able to sit and strategize and come up with these really, really dope ideas mm-hmm. um, that can change the world and impact and serve others. So for me, yeah, systems and teams. Okay. So Aries, what do you look for when somebody <laughs> wants to join your team? Um, 
I need you to, to be a go-getter. I don't have the energy or the time. Mm-hmm. So I manage three teams and two brands. Okay. Plus I'm a single mother. Yes. I'm not alone because mm-hmm. my tribe is phenomenal, but right. I'm still a single mother. And right. nobody in my tribe can ever replace me being a mother in my daughter's eyes. Mm-hmm. So that means there are a number of things that I still have to do mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. So because of that, that means I still need to be able to manage the three businesses and the two brands and still be somebody mama and still try and have a life. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to juggle, Sounds not like including, it. bruh, not <laughs> including <laughs> what I have to do for when I, for real, for real, decide to take a partner serious. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, if you're trying to join my team, I need you to activate. Like mm-hmm. if you're waiting on me to guide you or hold your hand, I don't do that for my child. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely, and she's 10. So I'm definitely not about to do it for a grown person. I need you to think for me. Don't, you know how they say manage the manager? Right. Although I do not like that word. I'm not a manager. I am a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I get right next to you and we work it together. But right. I need someone who can think for themselves, who will activate without me having to pump and prime them. I don't need people who are wells. If you are well, no thank you. Because I'm not trying to pump and prime you to get you to flow. I don't mm. have the time or the energy. Gotcha. If you're trying to come on to my team, mm-hmm. I need you to identify, okay, this is what you know you were brought onto the team for. Identify this is what's needed. I recently hired an amazing um, a business operations partner. And so she, my sister, who's my business partner, is my right hand. And this business operations partner, she is my left hand. Mm-hmm. She came onto the team and I mean, day one, setting up structures and SOPs, SOPs are standard operating procedures. Oh yeah, I um, live by those. Connecting with, listen, like, I mean, she came on board. I was like, you are what I have been missing. <laughs> I mean, my sister is amazing and she can never be replaced. But this support person who we didn't realize we needed so bad because there was too much being dropped. Mm-hmm. She came on the team and I mean, just moving. So yeah. That's what I look for. And then okay. you do it. Just you see what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You activate yourself. Okay. So Aries, you, you got the you got 360 Gateway brands. You got the RGLP group. What does RGLP stand for? And tell us a little bit more about these two companies that you manage. So for RGLP group, um, that is a remote learning and development firm. Okay. So we basically work with your top um, organizations, corporations, mm-hmm. we basically work with them to show them how to maximize um, their greatest resource, um, which um, is the human capital in mm-hmm. every company and organization. That mm-hmm. is, it literally will make or break your company. So as it stands now, over the past 12 years, remote learning and remote workers, it's grown by about 150, 55% over the past 12 years. And that's not including what has happened with this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. But only 8% of organizations have created processes around managing, developing, and even promoting their remote workers. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in place that shows them this is how you do it. But mm-hmm. for me, I've been managing a remote team for the last five years, and we've grown by leaps and bounds mm-hmm. in that time frame. So what we did, and we were creating and building out the framework for what RGLP would be for me I'm always about results mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is what it is I don't do fluff which is why I don't do empowerment um but for me it's always about results 
So we centered our training and our learning and development um, platform and program around the major pain points um, that you have when you are working and dealing with a remote team, which is now something that many executives, professionals, and organizations now are, are, are dealing with. The realities of what it, what it means and what it looks like to, to lead a remote team. Okay. So how has the pandemic, you know, COVID-19 affected your business, if at all? And, you know, what have been some of your biggest adjustments? So for us, because we have always worked from anywhere and we deal in the development of, of, of digital systems um, mm-hmm. for 360, it's a, a perform, uh, performance marketing um, and growth firm. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it has expanded the um, amount of work and clients that we have mm-hmm. because so many people now who were, you know, brick and mortar, they now had to completely shift um, to now have a, not only a digital presence, um, but to also have um, an entire e-com or an entire digital system completely built out. So for us to increase business, but I do understand that that is not the norm for all businesses. So I'm definitely grateful for that. Got you. Okay. So you've worked with a myriad of organizations from the entertainment stage to the corporate boardroom, including UPS, Verizon, B of A, Vogue, Italia, Essence, and much, much more. What have been some of your keys to garnering those opportunities and making things happen? So honestly, relationships. Mm-hmm. We, to date, we've never advertised our services. That is switching because the pandemic has also shown me how I need to pivot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never uh, done outward marketing. It's always been referral-based for my organization, which again is such a blessing. But I am just really good at building and developing and then maintaining relationships. Um, I understand it's not about me. I'm in position to serve. And because mm-hmm. I'm super results focused, the folks who we've had the opportunity and the organizations that we've had the opportunity to work with and to mm-hmm. serve them, mm-hmm. they have been not only appreciative, but they have been referred us to, you know, other clients, larger clients, smaller clients, just they referred us to additional um, clients. So we've mm-hmm. been able to um, ensure our growth and development. Got you. So for our listeners out there, what are three tips that you can give them, you know, in order to strengthen the relationships that they may have or even go out and seek relationships with companies that they really, really, really want to work with? So the number one thing is is to first develop your offering. Mm -hmm. Don't go out to partner um, or to connect with other people when you don't have your own, you know, service or or, or products or programs in place Mm -hmm. to be able to provide for their needs. That's Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, be clear on what their needs are. Like, Mm -hmm. if somebody needs a hammer, don't go giving them a screwdriver because you just don't piss them off. And although Mm -hmm. they may not say it, they'll just be like, that made no sense. Like, why would you give me something that I don't need? And a lot of people get real confused about how to find out what people need. And I'm a firm believer in just open your mouth and ask. It's simple as sending a, a quick LinkedIn message to say, hey, I know this is a really, really difficult time for so many. Um, I wanted to connect with you to see, you know, what are some of your biggest needs right now in your organization? Mm -hmm. Simple. It takes less than 60 seconds to write. So the second one, like I said, is be clear on what it is that they need. And then the third one is just build the relationship before you actually need it. 
I know that sounds counterintuitive considering those first two, but that third one, and if I had to switch it, I would actually make that the first one. Build Mm -hmm. relationships before you need them. There Mm -hmm. was one relationship. She and I were professional. I call them my business besties, Mm -hmm. but she and I were business besties for five years before we ever worked together. Now, Mm -hmm. for some people, it didn't take that long. For some people, we were, you know, cool for two months before we were working together. But I'm a firm believer in building relationships before I need them. And I serve first before I ever have my hand out. So that would be, I guess, the bonus. Serve Mm -hmm. first. Because then you're not just looked at as another person who's trying to take, 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 take. You're looked at as someone who's willing to give. So then they're excited to now give to you. Because, and I'm a big energy person, that's just how the universe works. What you put out and what your expectations are is truly what comes back. Got you. And so for me, one of the conversations that's really circulated in my circle is uh, around higher education, right? And talking about post-college at this point. So for you, how has your MBA and master's degree in leadership helped you in the work that you are doing today, if at all? And what would you recommend to someone who's, you know, thinking about making that, that leap? So <laughs> this may not be a popular opinion. So hashtag unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, I honestly feel like my degrees are cute, but everything I learned, I learned from being on the job. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I went to FIU. Actually, I went to like four colleges, a community college to start out, then FIU, Florida International University. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Capital University for my MBA. I had a newborn at the time. So there was just no way I could go into anybody's college. And then Nova Southeastern University. I learned the most in my MBA at Kaplan University. And even I look at it sometimes and I'm like, what, really? (laughs) But I learned the most there. But in all honesty, if I had taken the time to instead invest in certifications that would really give me a seat at the table, I would have saved so much money. I mean, so much money and been so much further along Mm -hmm. because I'm not a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. Mm-hmm. So the degree, like I said, it's cute to be able to say, I think I have like four degrees, two certifications and all that. It's cute. And people are like, oh, wow, really? But all that degree meant was that I could sit through something and finish it. It doesn't mean I'm skilled. It doesn't mean I'm talented. It doesn't mean, you know, I know how to build something. It just means I know how to finish a class. And so for me, and this is just for me, so if you love school, listen, live your best life. Um, <laughs> but it made more sense. And I'm even going to suggest it to my daughter. I'm not forcing her to go to college. If she decides to and wants to, absolutely sis. Live your best life. Go for the relationships because you get invaluable relationships. The relationships that I developed at FIU, we're still best friends with them to this day, like actual best friends. Um, But if I had to do it all over again, I can't promise I would have spent so much on education. But what I would have done is just taken a lot of financial literacy courses, um, and gotten my certifications in my business in year one and year two. Got you. So what other certifications, like, are there any specific certifications that you would have said, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to go for a master's. I'm going to go ahead and get these specific certifications. Yeah. Um, W B E N C. Um, what does that mean? A once I was ready. Uh, so it's, um, like women business owned it, and it's literally W B E N C.org. Gotcha. Um, they are the third, the third party certifying body. If you want to partner with corporations, mm-hmm. 
And so my company is seven years old. If I had gotten that certification in year one, they give you access to top tier other companies who are getting the contracts with your Googles, with your your Facebooks, your Disney's. Um, and I would have been a number two, but then working as a number two under those very large companies for one to three years, I would have had enough re- financial resources and capital to then build my team much bigger, much sooner. And so I would have hit the million dollar mark much quicker. Me sitting yeah. in a classroom reading about how to market, that take too long. I could just get to the work. I'm a person here reading it in a book and I can literally just get to the work. If I want to learn how to market, I can just start marketing. I can start reading, Googling, lynda.com. It's so much faster than, you know, um, my master's degree was. So I am not saying that school isn't necessary and that you shouldn't go to school if that's what you want to do. But I'm saying mm-hmm. for me, myself and I, I would have moved along much further um, getting like my certification from NMSDC. Mm-hmm. The, like the what is it national um uh, what is it national minority like if you go onto their website same thing in nmsdc i think dot com or dot org one of the two but if you go on there and get you know start to research what are those certifications like you know how how can i set them up for for my company the you know my mbe certification they're just so many things I should have focused on that and I'm not like sad about it because you know I'm still living still kicking so I'm good I'm I'm working on them now um to you know finalize those but it would have moved much further much faster had I focused there versus getting the degree I thought the degree would legitimize me and honestly it didn't the relationships that I built and the results that I was able to achieve that legitimized me the degree didn't do a thing except for me to be able to say I have it. Mm. Got you. Other than consistency, you know, on this path to becoming the A Reese that we know today uh, or the Alicia Reese that we know today, what do you feel like have been some of the other keys to your personal growth? I'm a firm believer in learning and development. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny enough that I now have a firm that focuses on learning and development, mm-hmm. but I'm a firm believer in it. I pay for courses. I take classes. I don't care how much I know and, you know, whatever results that I've achieved up until this point, I am still very, very focused on continuing to develop myself. Mm -hmm. Your mind is a tool and it's a muscle. And the more you work it out, the sharper you become. Mm -hmm. And I want to ensure that I'm, you know, one of the sharpest tools in the shed. So I'm constantly, you know, learning different things, whether it's, you know, digital marketing, whether it's social media, um, whether it's wellness, because I feel too, you know, the success doesn't mean very much if I'm crazy or if I have no peace or mm-hmm. if I have insomnia because I can't sleep. So yeah, okay, you got money in the bank, you drive a nice car, you live in a nice house, but you're miserable. So even then, to me, that too is a part of learning and development. You know, the wellness aspect It's always making sure that for me, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, um, I'm well, and that is a, a huge focus. In so I'm always investing um, into additional ways to, to learn and grow. And so, you know, on your rise to becoming who you are today, how did you deal with negative feedback? And, you know, what did you think when you first saw it? Was it public or not? Or how did you deal with it? And were you even prepared for it? So I'm always open to feedback. I've never been one of those who can't see that something's wrong and I'm not like 
well, okay, this is wrong. I did this. Let me see how I can change it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I feel I'm right, oh yeah, I'm about to you to the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, when it comes to feedback, I always identify, you know, who's the source. Right. Now, if it's somebody who has no fruit on their tree and they're throwing shade, it's inconsequential. Uh, okay. Well, you just wanted to run your mouth today. Not a problem. Continue as you were. Um, <laughs> but if it's someone who, you know, they have borne fruit and I know it's not coming from a negative place. Um, and even if it is, sometimes folks who are coming from a negative place, they provide some of the greatest insights because mm-hmm. <laughs> you see where maybe you needed to adjust things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it, it really is a, okay, this person is complaining because of why I always break it down to why are they complaining about their experience with me? What mm-hmm. does it look like their complaints? Is it because I didn't deliver? Like I had a huge, I mean, huge opportunity with a client of mine. We were partnered with one of the largest credit card agencies. Um, mm-hmm. and the event was originally scheduled for a date and we just were not ready for whatever the reasons were we were not ready and so I came to her and said hey this is where we dropped the ball but this is now where we are going to pick it back up and ensure that we deliver what you paid for we gave her a number of months um, that she would not have to pay um, mm-hmm. and to ensure that we execute it well So for me, negative feedback, is a thing. It happens. No Mm -hmm. one is perfect. So there will always be, you know, things that you don't do right. And when you don't acknowledge it, there's no Mm -hmm. sense in trying to lie or trying to like, well, I did this. I did. If you were wrong, just say you were wrong and move on. (laughs) Identify how you can fix it and go. Yeah. Now that's real. One of my uh, mentors, Raphael Moffat, he says, correction is direction. Feedback is love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree completely with that. So, Aries, you, what are some of the hacks that our listeners should know if they're trying to build a brand? Because you've built some successful brands. So could you give us like three things that you should definitely be on top of and know? Absolutely. So the first thing is understanding that a brand is more than just your colors and your logo. Mm-hmm. Um, your brand is actually the experience. Mm-hmm. When you think of Target and Walmart, these are just the easiest ones that most people can relate to. Okay. When you think of Target and Walmart, there is a certain feeling that mm-hmm. you get when you hear each name. When you think of Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts, mm-hmm. there is a certain feeling and experience, or even I think it's what, Mr. Joe's or something. Each mm-hmm. of those give you a different experience. So beyond just your colors and your logo, what is the experience that people will have? And mm-hmm. that's something that most folks never think about mm-hmm. because you want it to be from the time they come into contact with your brand that you have already created and developed and outlined what it looks like and what they will, what the process will be that they, they'll go through. And then the last one I would say when it comes to developing a brand, the first one, of course, is please be sure that you um, you have some sort of a brand Bible or it has some sort of continuity or consistency when it comes to the development of your brand. Mm-hmm. The second one is, of course, identify and outline what the brand experience is mm-hmm. for your clientele. And then the third one would be, be sure that your brand promise is something that you can actually deliver on. 
Mm. because it makes it's no real. sense to promise folks all these things mm-hmm. and you can't deliver on it because then that impacts the brand experience and then that creates negative energy and a, a negative um, thought process and feeling around what your brand looks like. When they see your logo, they need to be excited about it because they know that it's going to be quality. Got you. Okay. And what has been the biggest personal challenge that you've needed to overcome in order to become who you are today? My own self, hands down. In what way? Like what Um, specific traits? Because of how I grew up, I had a really low Mm self-esteem. I think that one of the great things about going to a private school is all the things that you learn. No disrespect to public school. It's just when it is private, it's just a different, um, for me, it was at least a different level of um, not only engagement, but information um, mm-hmm. and dissemination of that information. Mm-hmm. Um, so that piece was great. But because we were, you know, we were poor, we, we didn't always smell good. Our clothes weren't always clean. So dealing with the emotional impact of that with kids like picking on you or telling you like their parents said that your mom doesn't care about you or even the actual parent, you know, telling you that you're not allowed to be around their kids because of, you know, who you guys are, things like that. Mm-hmm. It really does take your, your self-esteem and your sense of self-worth mm-hmm. um, and it puts it through the ringer. So for me, I had a really, really low self-esteem for an extremely long time mm-hmm. and I made decisions like a person who had a low self-esteem you can always tell how people feel about themselves by how they treat themselves Mm. and so because of that I treated myself a certain way and then I invited other people into my universe Mm -hmm. who treated me the same way or worse Mm -hmm. so the biggest thing I had to overcome was me I had to accept the fact that not only am I creative Um, but that I am amazing and I can think and I can learn and I can serve my way Mm -hmm. into rooms that I never imagined I could ever get to. But that Mm -hmm. took time, energy, effort, lots of therapy Um, and accepting that I really am fearfully and wonderfully made. And if Mm -hmm. I can settle in that, if I can accept that how I was created and, and, and what I was, given like the gifts that I was given that they were Mm -hmm. okay and it was enough by itself then I could soar as high as I wanted to go Mm -hmm. but getting to that point was brutal brutal I want to second that you are spiritually and wonderfully made. So I want to say that. So you just said something that I thought was really cool. And I appreciate your honesty and transparency on that topic right there. Who has been your biggest champion on your path to becoming who you are? And how did they support you? Because I feel like those, you know, a lot of times people talk about it from the eye, but there's usually, you know, a supporting cast there who is there holding you up, you know, at times too. Or if nobody was there, you know, please share that with us too. Yeah, no. So I have to say my sister, Mm -hmm. um, people laugh at us because we are just that close and we weren't always, we hated each other's guts growing up. Mm -hmm. Like I won't say some of the things we used to tell each other about how we could, you know, die horrific deaths. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But we hated each other growing up. But when she got out of college, she Mm -hmm. was graduating and she didn't have a job yet. 
and it was either come stay with me or go back to Sarasota to live with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, heavens no, I would never do that to you. Girl, come stay with me. And with her coming to stay with me, I had just had a daughter. I think my daughter was like one at the time. And it just, it did something to our relationship because I was in an abusive marriage at the time and nobody could understand like what I was going through because I put on a really, really good face. But then when my sister came to live with us, she saw firsthand like the amount of like gaslighting and like how emotionally um, abusive it had been because it was no longer physical abuse. It was now like emotional, really, really like bad emotional and mental abuse. She saw it firsthand and she would kind of be, she became my person. Mm -hmm. She would help me with my daughter. She would work to ensure like whatever I was doing, she was like right there like standing in the gap, the first client that I, I secured, because I only started 360 because my ex-husband gave me an ultimatum. He was like, well, either you stay with me and I keep taking care of, you know, the bills and I, I you know, I'll pay the mortgage and I'll, I'll still do all the things or just understand if you decide to leave, he told me on May 16th, 2013, and I only remember because it was my birthday. He's like, but if you decide to leave, come June 1st, you got to pay the mortgage. I wasn't ready to pay the mortgage. I didn't have the money to pay the mortgage. And he told me I had to figure it out. And so I was like, okay, bet. I guess I'm going to figure it out because I'm not staying. <laughs> so from that, like I incorporated the company September 2013. So a few months after that May 16th um, mm. conversation with him. And our first client out the gate was Grey Goose doing a huge activation during mm -hmm. Art Basel. Mm -hmm. um, Kanye West came through, Will Smith came through. We had over 2 million impressions in a mm -hmm. very short amount of time, mm -hmm. like all that. And my sister was right there, like standing in the gap. <laughs> she was managing to run a show. She was, you know, creating what it looked like, putting in mm -hmm. orders for the client. Like, I mean, killing it. And then coming back to the house, strategizing with me at night, like, okay, so we did this for this client. Now what else can we do? Like, she's been there from, from the jump. As, as a huge champion, if I need to travel, she takes care of it. Like when mm -hmm. I say she's my right, she really is my right hand. I can be moody. She don't give it. She don't care. <laughs> she's like, okay, well, that's cool. This is what we're doing now. Um, <laughs> it's just, so for me, like I had to say like a support, totally mm -hmm. her because it's been since the beginning, like mm -hmm. making sure everything was, was done. My company wouldn't be where it is without her. And I just, I wouldn't be able to, to function and do any of the things that I do without that support. Mm -hmm. Shout out to your sister. What's your sister's name? <laughs> Lakeisha Wimberly. What's up, Keish? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just because I'm curious and I like to ask a bunch of questions, there was a small gap in time where you said on your birthday, uh, which was May 13th, 2013. Is that right? Uh, May 16th. Okay, my bad. So on your birthday, May 16th, 2013, you said that you were given an ultimatum. And then you said that you started the company mm -hmm. in September. What did you do between that time if you had left your home? Like how did what, what took place during those three months? So I didn't actually leave the home. He wouldn't take the home. So that meant I was stuck holding the bag. Okay. Um, and so I just, I went into kind of survival mode. Okay. Um, that's when I became a survivor. And then later I became a thriver. Um, but mm. I went into survival mode in that I didn't have the money for the mortgage. So I had to, I think we, we went, I think three months passed by before I was able to actually pay the mortgage. Cause again, I gotcha. didn't have the money. I wasn't financially prepared. 
Mm-hmm. And so I would sit and I would call them. They didn't have to run after me. I would call them about the mortgage. Like, okay, so this is my plan. This is what I'm working on. Can mm-hmm. you please put, you know, these, these due dates, can you put those onto the back of the loan? I had a whole conversation with them. I wasn't trying to run from them because I didn't want to lose my house. It's where my daughter was living. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a very open and honest conversation with them about what was happening and transpiring in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I went after, you know, um, another promotion at my job. Like I just got really, really focused on let me, cause I still had a nine to five then and my nine to five served as my investor. Mm-hmm. I was literally building my entire company, um, while still running a nonprofit while being a single mom. Um, I was still handling, doing all of that, um, while building out the business because I understood like, okay. I have to make more money, just mm-hmm. the money and just my checks, you know, every two weeks isn't going to cut it. Right. Not honestly for the type of lifestyle that I was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I just did what I had to do. I didn't have time to sit and cry and bemoan. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Anybody have time for that? I got it and figured it out. Okay. No, respect. I'm sorry that you had to endure uh, that type of a relationship, but I think not even, but however, no, in addition to you talking about that experience, I love the fact that you really came through with some transparency because I felt like, you know, had I not asked, you know, that that window of time is so important for somebody who may be going in, going through a similar um, experience. Right. You know, understanding what you can do yeah, and what some of your options are. Like who told you, like you can call the the mortgage company and say, hey, put the these months worth of payments on the back end. Like Who told you that? Did you just figure it out or you just tested it out? Yeah. or How did you? I just, I tested it because I figured this, it's way more expensive to sue me and take me to court to foreclose on a home. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure you're going to try and work with me, especially if I'm willing to like, if I'm telling you like, Hey, I don't have Mm -hmm. it right now, but I promise you I'm working on it. Let's create a plan and a path forward. Mm -hmm. I don't know many people or companies that wouldn't work with you because end of the day, I don't care how big the company is, people work for them and people Anybody who got good sense or has any sense of empathy would understand, hey, I'm coming out of an abusive marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And abuse comes in many forms Mm -hmm. from financial, emotional, mental, physical. There are all types of abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just explained that to them. I was like, hey, so this is what my experience has been. And this is who I am as a person. I need you. I need to talk to you, you know, human to human. Mm -hmm. Um, And I need you to work with me because, yes, I am willing to to pay you what I owe you. But I am going to need you to help me help us <laughs> work this thing together. And the person who I got on, on the phone was like, well, sure, let me ask my manager, let me do this, because yeah, we, we understand that, da, da, da. and she, mm-hmm. I don't even remember the name of the mortgage company. I just know that they were more than willing to work with me. And gotcha. so if there's a time where I call it like, you know, total destruction, mm-hmm. where everything that you you thought would be, that was going to be, that what that it is, it is kind of blown up. <laughs> that's when you are it implodes or explodes whichever one it is and then there is a settling period mm-hmm. and in those four months that was my settling period and during that settling period um is where things no they're not right they're still things are still hot the earth is still hot it has not settled down mm-hmm. but during that settling period is when you get to make a decision what does this look like mm-hmm. like what does it look like and, you know, the great, you know, philosophical, you know, just, I mean, amazing person, Beyonce, um, <laughs> he said, you know, best revenge is your paper. 
Like I wasn't trying to like, oh, let me get back at him. Let me do all the things. No, she's like, you know what? I'm just going to create a really, really dope life for mm-hmm. me and my daughter. You know, right. she also has a line in one of her other poems, you know, me and my baby, we're going to be all right. right. So I just, I decided that no matter what, my daughter and I would be okay. And my sister, we've lived together since I think 2012. Okay. So, eight years. We've lived together since 2012 and we've, we all just, as a tribe, we work it together. And now we're bringing my dad into the mix. Come on, dad, because now she and no I are not traveling. I mean, not right now, because it's a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but when it's safe again, um, yeah. we'll go back to, you know, traveling together to continue to grow the companies and everything else. And we'll have my dad now as a major leader in our tribe to, you know, when we can't be there to make sure my daughter has everything she needs. Okay. Now you're talking tribe right now. You're talking tribe. And I like that. What does your peer group look like? Who are, who's in your, in your peer group? Ooh, most of them are better than me. They some beasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, beasts. One of them has a company that hit 10 million this year. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, I think she made in one month, I want to say like a quarter of a million dollars in one mm-hmm. month um, selling what she sells. Um, I've got other ones who own stores and who own award-winning businesses. Mm-hmm. We're in telemedicine, killing it. Mm-hmm. Like my tribe, they are, I never want to be the smartest person among my friend group. And I'm right. absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. But they're dope. How did you get around these, uh, these amazing people? I was strategic and intentional. When I say I'm a master strategist, I really, really am. Five of them are from college. Um, we mm-hmm. met at FIU. So that's the only thing like I wouldn't like, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't negate that one. Okay. Um, now we met at FIU. And we've been friends ever since. And each one of them are dope. One of them is an award-winning, I mean, dope as ever. She's a lawyer. She's, I mean, so, so powerful. Her dad was murdered when we were in college. She got pregnant shortly after that. And for so many people, they had kind of counted her out like, oh, well, you know, that's it for her. Mm-hmm. Not so. Mm-hmm. Multi-million dollar businesses, while being a lawyer, had a baby, a whole baby during law school Still graduated on time and passed the bar the first time with three kids. I mean, yeah, like my friends are beasts. Moms are superheroes as well. They are. Listen, whole superhero. Real moms. Whole superhero. I love it. So, Aries, I'm going to call you Alicia one time during this interview, so I'm going to say it now. If you weren't doing what you were doing right now, what would you be doing as far as like career or hobbies or anything that you always wanted to pursue? I'd probably be somebody's housewife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably not kidding. Um, and, but no, I would um, speak all over the world, not mm-hmm. empowering, but equipping people to succeed. Like so much of what I've done has been spiritual. Um, Mm -hmm. It's manifest in materials and in, you know, advancement, but so much of it has been spiritual and people truly do negate the power of the human spirit. So it would honestly be speaking all over the world about how to find and leverage your personal values to experience true growth while being somebody's housewife, for sure. (laughs) For sure. So we reached a point in the interview where it's about to get real. We're about to jump into the dolphin tank, and uh, you know, I gotta ask you, you know, I this like is the dolphin tank, okay? Well, that means that you might be ready for this. So, are you ready? All right, bet. What are your goal setting methods, and how do you make sure that you're growing each year? I I was a project manager in corporate America, so I am a planner if I've ever met one. 
Mm-hmm. For me, what my goal setting looks like is, is I just define who I want to be, not just what, but who I want to be at the end of the year. And then I make smart goals. I make sure there are some numbers attached to them, not just, oh, I want to be at peace. Uh-uh. Um, I would like to carve out two hours a week dedicated to my mental wellness and mental health. I can measure that. I can look at that and say, yes, I achieved that. Um, so I set my goals by making them smart goals. And I assign them in five primary categories in my life, romantic areas, financial areas, spiritual areas, material areas, because some people like to deny themselves. I am not one of those. And and the last one is mental. So I assign goals to each of those and I make sure they're measurable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, how I it for the year. that's how I make sure I'm able to grow. What was your most challenging moment and how did you overcome it? My most challenging moment was moving from Florida to New York. Mm-hmm. It was challenging because the moment I got to New York, I was homeless. Our place had fallen through 40 hours before we got there and there was no pause. I couldn't not still go. We were already in Virginia. Everything literally was already on the way there. So yeah, I overcame it by still deciding that I don't care what it looks like. I know the vision that I've created in my head and I'm going to have whatever I said because I said I'm going to have it. Mm. So we stayed with family um, who they were whole ram in the bush for a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And so we found another place. I was sleeping on a queen mattress. Mind you, going from in Florida, I had a, a brand new, nobody had ever lived in it, you know, new build three bedroom, two and a half bath, chef's kitchen, granite countertops everywhere, the huge, you know, tiles. I mean, it was a really, really nice house, um, mm-hmm. gated community. So I went from that to selling it to like, oh, I'm going to move to New York to, you know, pursue my goals and dreams of expanding my company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting to New York and being homeless. Like I said, we slept on their couch for, or not couch, we slept in their room for mm-hmm. a month and a half, I would be sleeping on the left side of the bed. My daughter was in the center and my sister was on the other side. Mm-hmm. I would still have to, I was sitting front row at fashion week, sleeping on a queen mattress with my sister and my daughter. It was a lot. But for me, mm-hmm. overcoming it was because I decided that this won't last forever. The moment right. in time. Life goes like this. Ebb and flow. Most people expect it. Yes, yeah, ebb and flow. Most people are like, oh, no, I want it to go like this or I want it to go like this. It's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. It goes up, it goes down. If you can figure out how to ride the wave so that you can understand like, okay, when things are real, real hectic or you're going through a valley low, mm-hmm. it's just preparing you for the acceleration that's coming. So just ride the wave. Gotcha. Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly? My cell phone and my iPad. Okay. Favorite quarter model that you live by? Life is a relationship game. Learn how to play it well. Okay. Favorite and most impactful book that you've read? Ooh, Two of them, A Return to Love and The Aladdin Factor. Mm, okay. I might have to read those. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Make a decision. Mm-hmm. After you've made the decision, deny everything that doesn't look like where you're looking to be or who you're looking to be. And number three, be intentional. What's the last song that you listen to on your playlist? Um, you got to look at the playlist now. You can't just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't look at it. Uh, International Players Anthem. Okay. Okay. Congratulations, Aries. You have survived the Dolphin Tank. Oh. 
Oh yeah. Do I get to like flash with them? Are we taking pictures afterwards with the dolphins? Like, <laughs> okay. So next question for you is what is next for you on your journey? What's next is the expansion, the continued global expansion of these businesses. Mm-hmm. I want freedom. And so mm-hmm. I'm setting it up so that I will have just that. And then I'd say the last thing would be to establish my, there's a, a company that, that I haven't even announced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is, is it's a, a tech enabled affordable housing enterprise mm-hmm. where we basically take those who are on welfare mm-hmm. and they stay in one of our, our buildings or in one of our, um, our housing edifices mm-hmm. and they stay with us. They're only allowed to stay for five years, maximum five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the entire goal is through the six pillars that we've created. So that's financial literacy, career development, mm-hmm. mental health and wellness, physical wellness, educational pathways, and then technological advancements. Mm-hmm. Through those six pillars, we show them how to build and create a life that is not dependent on the welfare or on welfare or the system. Okay. Yeah. I love that. So what's the best way for our listeners to keep in contact with you? So they can find me everywhere, um, AliciaReese.com. And it's spelled very uniquely. My mother, Mm -hmm. I was her firstborn, um, A-L-E-C-H-I-A, last name Reese, R-E-E-S-E. Love it. Love it. All right. So, A-Reese, we are now at the part of the interview where it gets interesting, totally unscripted. I mean, the whole interview is unscripted, but uh, we are at the turnaround. And this is where you get to ask me any three questions that you want. I have to answer them. And I have one request from you. What's happening? Please be gentle. <laughs> no, I'm not, <laughs> not gentle. First question is, what has been the greatest lesson you've learned to date? Ooh, probably humility. You know, I, I'd, um, I went to Africa for six months and I came back. And I think just the perspective that I gained was in, it just, it literally changed my, my world, right? I have to shift my entire point of view, but this entire year. So I've been back for a a little over a year now. And I literally, I mean, it was just like, like you said, you know, you have those ebb and flows, those peaks and valleys and nothing would go right. I mean, nothing. And so I just had to sit there and like reflect and look in the mirror and look at the person, the man that I had become and compare and contrast to, you know, myself as a younger man and what some of my writings were and things like that, man. So I've, I've cried more in these last 12 months than I have in the last 30 years and have really emerged out of it, you know, more humble, ambitious and hungry, you know, but with a better perspective for life and lust for life. I love that. I love that. So then the next one would be is, is, Failure is not an option. Mm-mm. What does your life look like? What are you doing? Where are you? What does that look like? It looks like me having fun, traveling, seeing the world, having a family, helping people to create their best life and just enjoying the small things and having the time to do so. But also experiencing and understanding and learning more about cultures and essentially just being that eternal student who has the resources and the wisdom in order to impart upon others and in order to help other people 
become or reach their maximum potential and results. Okay. Okay. And the last one, mm-hmm. this will be easy. What does fun look like for you? Oh, I have so many different ways. So I watch a lot of cartoons secretly. <laughs> Create Your Life fan might not know that. Uh, I watch hella cartoons. Um, so I actually, one day I want to create my own cartoon. I'm going to create my own cartoon, but it's like designing, creating stuff. It's working out. It's having like in-depth conversations. It's riding bikes. It's exploring, you know what I mean? Being around people that I love who are genuine and learning and laughing and just being happy, man, and healthy, you know? So fun has many aspects to it. And I've really made it a focal part of my life or made it something to really focus on at this stage in my life. And, um, you know, I think I'm doing an all right job, but I definitely, I watch a lot of cartoons. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, A. Reese, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. And, you know, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Create Your Life family. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a five-star review. This helps us build this community and building a community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much valuable content to you as possible. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition.